You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and of course, sponsored by DraftKings. This is your host, Tyler Bell, coming at you live from uh, the Alberta Mountain Rockies here in Canada. And once again, I am joined by my awesome guest here, Josh Deming. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, excited to be back for another little uh, Kraken hockey talk, and uh, hopefully uh, we can have a nice little conversation here for everyone. Oh yeah, welcome, welcome to join. Always, Josh. Always welcome to join on the Kraken uh, discussions here. And what we're going to talk about first is going into that that final preseason game against Vancouver here. And my gosh. What a performance by Grubauer, to say the least, to start things off. You know, he comes in and shuts the door on Vancouver, puts up a 38-save shutout, and I got to say, he was just looking impressive all the way around, very poised in net, and Kraken fans got to be absolutely pumped when they see uh, Grubauer stepping in like that and putting in a performance, uh, especially in the final preseason game going into the regular season. Uh, he looks like he's in mid-season form, to say the least, and just, you know, ready to bring it because he's such an elite goalie and what just just looked like he was on top of things all night. Yeah, and it's funny because we, last episode we were talking about the, the goalie tandem and uh, and that sort of both of the, the main guys have kind of been a little slow and it was about time that one of them, but primarily Grubauer got off and sh- and showed what he's made of and showed why every Kraken fan is excited to- for him to be here. I think he made a statement. I think that uh, if you're that defensive core, you're 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 proud to be playing in front of a of a, a goalie like him. So it's really good to see, and no better timing going into the start of the season. Yeah, especially for an elite goalie like Grubauer. And if I'm a Kraken fan, gosh, am I excited to, you know, once they get into their new building. Hear those Kraken fans chanting the Grew, 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 because that's going to be happening a lot this season, baby, especially when you're seeing performances like that at a group hour right away. So very exciting to see. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and as, a, as a goalie or a player, anyone, you, you want that. You want to thrive off of that uh, off of that noise. And I think that's something that Kraken fans can be a legitimate attribute to this team. And I think that they're going to be really excited to get in their barn and uh, and cheer on the team this year. Yeah, and, you know, it was just an awesome game to kind of see right away uh, as your last final preseason game to go in there against Vancouver. You know, mind you, they didn't have their full lineup, 
but they still came out and played a very solid game, came out with a 4 nothing victory. And, you know, going into the final preseason game, that's exactly what you want to see, especially to instill some confidence throughout the lineup going into, you know, the, the home opener or, or the season opener against Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I think a lot of people forget is that because this is a brand new team and there's not, I guess, that I'm not say there's that many places up for grabs because there are, but not as much as you're going to see the the entirety of, of a team rested. I think the only game you could look at is that 6 nothing loss to Edmonton when you're, when you're looking at that team and being like, okay, the majority of the Kraken players aren't there. But they've been building chemistry. They've been they've been building chemistry throughout their lineups, through different players, finding the right pairings. And I think they've done it a little bit more than some other teams around the league because they've been primarily resting their, their big hitters just to, at least a little bit more than the Kraken are, just to be able to find those final cuts. And I think hopefully that's something that the Kraken can honestly take in as an advantage to the start of the season, knowing that their, their top guys have already been playing together. Yeah, they've had a lot of time to kind of play together, especially, you know, like you said, uh, there's only really the one game where you kind of seen Seattle's B team. Uh, other than that, you've seen a lot of regulars playing in those games. Uh, so they got a big chance to build chemistry early on. And then once again, too, uh, they have this big break uh, before their start of the season. So they get to, you know, run those lines and learn those systems and practice and keep on building that chemistry. But we did see uh, we did see a couple changes in the lineup heading into this game, so that was a good chance for Wenberg to to get on line with with Donato and Donskoy, and I thought he looked pretty good and comfortable uh, in the middle between those two that game. Yeah, and it's about time we were able to to, to see that because he, he got a lot of minutes that game too, and and we were kind of discussing where we're going to see him on this line. But uh, I mean, I, I'm someone who's a big fan of Ryan Donato, and I've talked about that for a while. And if this 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 can, can, this honestly that that threesome could be a a bit of a power line in, in my in my eyes. I think that they're all going to complement each other pretty well and uh, can can do it on both both sides of the ice. Yeah, I think you make a great point there. It'll be interesting to see if they could keep on continuing to build chemistry and if that line stays intact for game one of the season. And I think it will. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so things kind of got started off. You know, uh, Grubauer hung in there in the first period, kept kept the guys in the game, 0-0 after one. And then going into the second period, once again, some more power play opportunities arose. And we seen Dunn uh, on that back end, playing a little back and forth sauce with Yarncroft. And he absolutely pounded one top shelf into the net for an absolute beauty there. Uh, what's your take on that goal, Josh? I mean, it's funny because once again, tracking back to the last episode, we, we were talking about Dunn and we were talking about him being the guy who could potentially break through and, and be the real focal point on, on a power play. And and guess what? He, he heard this podcast and he answered us because, yeah, that was an absolute bullet. <laughs> and, and I mean, he picked up two, which is awesome to see. I mean, you don't often see defensemen picking up uh, two goals in a game. Uh, usually if you do, they, they do sometimes tend to be power play goals like that. But it's great to see. And again, another big piece of this Kraken team coming up clutch right before the start of the season. So let's hopefully that he carries it on. And, and honestly, you need your special teams to be working. And the fact that uh, he was able to contribute to it um, a couple times there is really good to see. Oh, yeah, it was exciting, yeah, especially on that second goal, too. It was a, a really good play made by Schwartz walking across the blue line, and he kind of made the slow-up play where he was uh, taking a look and trying to find McCann. And uh, McCann kind of seen that opening. Uh, he put a little sauce on a on a nice little soft play over to McCann, and once again, I think Dunn was able to read that, that uh, Vancouver was making a change, 
So he jumped right up into the play, and you know, just like that, he had two goals in the game, the first two goals of the game. So like we said before, very impressive couple goals by Dunn, and it was really good to see him kind of break out and start to see his offense come through right before the start of the season. Absolutely, because that's 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 going to be, in my eyes, his big role is he's he should be uh, the def- defenseman on our team who leads with the, the amount of points. That's just honestly, it should be hands down. I know Giordano is going to have a good shot up there too, but I just feel like Dunn has that opportunity, he has that ceiling to be able to come up and, and be a very productive defenseman this year. And if this Kraken team wants to put up those kind of kind of numbers and those kind of points, is going to come on that back end. And we've talked so highly about it, not only on the defensive side, but also um, contributing with points. And that's exactly what he's doing so far. Yeah, I still truly think that uh, there's a spot for him on that top power play unit. And once the season rolls out, we'll we'll have to, it'll be a bit of a waiting game to see what happens. But, you know, at this point, I think, you know, he's going to find some time on that first power play unit. And, and, you know, I think it's okay for Giordano to take a step and sit into the second unit. So we'll, we'll see how things play out, but that's at least my prediction going into the season so far. But uh, yeah, we'll kind of go on the topic of special teams because they are such a big part of this game. I'm obviously taking a look at the stats. Um, You know, we scored two power play goals and they both came from the second unit. Um, Both units looked very good that game. But when your second unit is performing like that, it's a huge plus to any power play, Uh, especially, you know, it's usually that that first power play unit that carries a team. But to see... Uh, the crack in second unit being just as dominant uh, and get just as many opportunities as the first unit. And then not only that, but convert on two chances that game. Uh, it was really good to see. And it's a statement and, and it's, it's, this goes for any NHL team. Cause I'm going to say nine times out of 10, you see the first unit eat up about a minute 30. Some, some specific players may stay on for all two minutes. Uh, and then uh, the second line doesn't really get the opportunity to, to get themselves set, to, to give themselves a chance. So it's good to see them getting minutes and it's good to see them being like, hey guys, like we're here too. We can, we can do something. Look, and like you said, the, the players who, who can shine have the opportunity to jump up the line. But it, it is something you don't often see, like at least in, in my eyes, that, that first unit gets it all and I think maybe because preseason they might have split it a little bit more evenly and they're definitely definitely took advantage of it yeah and it just speaks to the volume of depth that they have on forward that I think a lot of people were questioning about the Seattle team but with the way the that power play is running and all the different people they could put on that second unit and to see it perform like that just speaks volumes to the depth of it and I think we're going to expect to see a lot of that this year Josh where you're going to see that unit you know obviously you have your top unit and they're going to get a bit more minutes but they're not going to be afraid to throw that second unit out and create some offense going forward for sure. And, and you need to, because when a, fir- a first power play unit gets stagnant and, and it's not working for them, I mean, again, with the teams, you often see them just keep going because these are your guys. These are the guys who are supposed to get it done. And if they're not willing to, to give that second unit a, a try, then you're going to be stuck in the same kind of outcome. And it's good to see that already that, that the second unit is getting that little bit of trust and hopefully going to get rewarded it come the season. Exactly. It definitely helps with that confidence too, going into the the regular season for that second unit, just knowing that, you know, they do have what it takes to get those goals and that's going to go a long way with this team's offense. And not only the offense, but on the defensive side here, that penalty kill just looked phenomenal as well. They did a really good job of shutting down Vancouver and we got to give credit where it's due. Grubauer was a big part of that, but not only Grubauer, um, it was the units of Bastion plus Appleton together. Uh, you've seen Yarn Croc and Don Skoy. 
And then, of course, uh, what I would presume as the top penalty kill unit of Tanev and Shahan, who played the most penalty killing time of that game, uh, just really shutting things down and making it difficult for Vancouver to get uh, prime A opportunities on their power play. Yeah, Cheyenne and Tanev were, were meant to be that that top line uh, <laughs> PK. I mean, that's exactly what they're brought in for. Those, those those are those kind of guys. They're not afraid to, to block a shot. They're not af- afraid to get down and dirty and very well positioned. And that's something that I think they need to take away is they looked organized. They look like they've been doing it for years, which for their respective teams in the past, they obviously have. This is a part of their game that they're going to bring to Seattle. And it's a very important part, of, very underrated part of it. Because if you can stop some of the big headers around the league when, when they're on the on the power play, you've got two two warriors out there that are going to give you a good shot to do that. Yeah, exactly. And like we said before, it's really good to see both of these power play and penalty kill units, all the special teams all together, uh, just putting on an A-plus performance heading into the regular season. Uh, these guys, are they're dialed in. And I think everybody's just ready for, you know, the the hockey games that count for them to start up, right? Um, so good thing is we're only five days away, uh, and then we could finally see some cracking uh, for some Vegas hockey here, the two last expansion teams going at it opening night. What do you think about that? It's exciting, and I go back to the point I, I just made about um, the fact that a lot of the Kraken players, the, the, the big the stars of this team, have been playing together throughout preseason. I, I think a lot of people are forgetting we're, we're on the road for for a good chunk of the start of this season before our, our uh, arena is ready to go, and it's not always easy to go on the road for that long. Road, road, go, going on those those long games, are, it's, it's just it's tough, it's grueling, it's a lot of travel, and if you at least give yourself that little push towards... Uh, you know chemistry going in hot going in with confidence that's always perfect to try to pick up as many points as you can before you return home because it trust me it's not going to be easy during this this road games but uh, hopefully we uh we can go in there with a little bit of positive from this preseason yeah you definitely want to be going back home with a couple wins especially starting the season off with uh like you said uh a few road games to start off i believe it's four road games to start i could be wrong it might be five I think it's four, but you're looking at at least, you know, two to three wins. Uh, Get the guys going, get everybody pumped up because once they get home there, that Seattle crowd is going to be loud. They're going to be feeding off their energy and they have a nice four game homestand to start things off. So I think, you know, expect, expect some victories there and expect a very loud building. Absolutely. Yeah. They're on the road for five and then at home for four. So um, not as bad as the Islanders' uh, road start to the season, but it is. Mm-hmm. It's still five games on the road. It's again. It's not. It's not going to be easy. But I think if they can, yeah, if they can pick up at least two wins, it'd be fantastic to return to what I can only imagine is going to be a an atmosphere like like no other. Yeah, and just uh, wanted to throw this in too because uh, as I know, as, as I watched the last game there uh, and watching some of Vancouver's players. I got to admit, uh, Vasily Pod Colson, uh, as the game went on, he looked like he had a lot more chances, looked more comfortable. So I just wanted to throw that t- tidbit in there that uh, any Vancouver fans out there, Pod Colson is looking really good, and I got to expect him. He's going to start on that third line, I would presume, for Vancouver. So just a shout-out to Vasily there that uh, I was impressed with your game. So kudos. Isha and Dylan will like that. It's all it's all good, you know. Talk yeah, about, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all it's all good. <laughs> yeah, throw it in there, you know. Got got it. Got to pump some tires every now and then, right? Exactly. Perfect. All right, moving on though, we do had uh we did have some roster cuts um a couple days after the the game. So those include Cole Lind, Max McCormick, 
And then today as well, Joey Decord was uh, also sent down. So maybe some sad news for us Sens fans. <laughs> A little bit expected, though. Um, but, you know, with the way he played this preseason, uh, like you kind of said before, He's gonna he's gonna find some NHL time for sure, I think. And you know, I can only imagine that some of the talks they had uh, as they you know gave him the news that he was being sent down is, look, kid, go down there, perform in Charlotte, and you're gonna get another crack at it soon and get some more looks in the NHL because with the way he played, he definitely deserves that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah. The, the first two were, I mean sort of you're waiting for it but the decor one i thought was interesting because of like the rumors of that of holding on to that third goalie but then it's like well how much realistic time will he get what's the better way to develop mm-hmm. him it, it is a it is a real debate i wasn't ex- really expecting it at least right away but uh there's a little bit of surprise for me but re- regardless i i always am under the uh the assumption to, to get better you need to play so i mean I'd, I'd rather him be in the ahl starting getting minutes and doing well and then taking his time down the road instead of being the third string goalie that just doesn't touch the ice yeah you make a great point there you know what's what's to gain if he's sitting on the sidelines and watching these games right um it's gonna be one of those things where grubauer is looking like he's gonna get a lot of the starts uh especially you know drieger didn't look too sharp there in preseason but obviously they're gonna throw him in some games and get his confidence back up so you know the best thing to do is to send him down and get him playing those games and continue his growth and development as a goalie because he could be a big piece of this team one day uh, and a big part of uh, the future of Seattle Kraken. Yeah, I think they're going to be very, very conservative about uh, Grubauer's time. I think they're going to try to manage it as best that they can, the best they see fit. They know Drieger can take a bunch of minutes. There's no debating that. Uh, I, I do think hopefully form will play a part because Drieger's going to have to perform it to earn those minutes but uh, i'd ex- i'd expect somewhat of like a 60 40 65 35 split with her group because uh, again as long as jigger's performing i think they're gonna try to give group at least a good chunk of rest this season mm-hmm. yeah and again it's a condensed schedule uh just because it is a an olympic year yeah. so you do have that 19 day break so it is a little bit condensed and, and you're probably going to see that a lot through the other NHL teams and, you know, maybe some of the starters who are used to playing that maybe 70% uh, will be toned down a bit because, you know, the last thing you want to do is burn out your starter heading into playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, just touching on the other two roster cuts, uh, Cole Lind, I would kind of assume that he would be getting a call up at some point too. But again, you know, get sent down. He should be looking at top six minutes in Charlotte. And, you know, he does have a bit of offense to his game where, you know, if if there's an opening down the road for him to come up, uh, I would expect him to be one of those first call-ups because, you know, he, he, he is a pretty solid player. Yeah, I mean, he's he's done it at the AHL level. He's still he's still very young. Uh, I think this, again, similar to, to Joey, will have a good opportunity going down there, getting minutes, getting, getting a feel and. And at some point, depending on injuries or form, he, he may come back up and, and get a shot in a, a bottom six role. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's a future for him there. Um, you know, he's got to keep on working on his game, but uh, the future will tell. He's got to be, you know, looking really good in Charlotte and continue his growth. Uh, touching on Max McCormick, uh, probably a guy I wouldn't expect to get called up much this year. Uh if he does, it's going to be no more than a fourth-line role. 
he's kind of your typical grinder. Uh, I wouldn't expect too much out of him, but again, just wanted to touch on him a bit uh, and not let him feel left out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd be very surprised if, if he did get the call back up. Um, I, I, that was kind of written on the stars. Approaching 30, he, he, he kind of knows what he is, you know, and, and and like you said, if they're stuck and maybe he does find some, some good form down in the uh, in the AHL, he does get that minutes up there, but more than likely there are some other pieces that, that Seattle would look to bring up over him, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. He's he's a scrappy little guy. He he's tenacious, but he probably doesn't bring much to the lineup that Seattle doesn't already have. Especially when you're looking at their fourth line and and what those players already bring to the game. So, sorry, Max, but <laughs> you're more of a depth player here. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But just touching back on Grubauer. Um, I wanted to ask you a question here, Josh. Um, how many wins do you think Grubauer gets this season? So I'm going to set an over-under at 33 wins. So I want you to kind of play what you think is going to happen here. An over-under on 33 wins for Grubauer. Oh, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Um, I, I think that's a, that's a t- tight number because uh, just it depends, obviously, I mean, how many, how many minutes he gets. Uh, the game time, the game management, um, put me on the spot, but uh, I'll say, I mean, right around that mark, so I'll say, I'll give him the over, just because, you know, why not, after that shutout performance, how dare I put him under that, but uh, if he <laughs> doesn't hit the 33, it means one of two things, one, Seattle season is not going the way that it's supposed to, or two, they, they are really managing his, his game time, and Drieger is picking up some of those games, which just made it harder for him to get that win mark. Yeah, yeah, really good points there. Yeah, how can you not put it on the over <laughs> after watching that performance and that shutout? I mean, he was just on top of it. Like we said, 38 saves, huge shutout going into the year. And that's just got to be a big booster for him. And not only him, but the guys playing in front of him, right? Uh, like you're watching a, an elite goaltender giving it uh, his all in preseason and looking confident and poised in the net. Uh, you got to think he's going to be stealing a lot of games for this Kraken team. And, you know, based on their roster, uh, it's no doubt that they're going to be dependent on their defensive game and try to find their offense when they get the opportunities. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have my uh, my fantasy draft coming up, and I couldn't help but think that, I mean, he's probably a guy that I'm looking to target now. I mean, I, I was before, but he might be a guy that I'm definitely reaching on and trying to get in my in my fantasy hockey team. So especially with performances like that. Yeah, with with the with the year he had last year and uh, I think the, the the unknown around him this year because no one really knows how Seattle is gonna do. I mean, I think they've looked really good so far in preseason. So he may be one of those ones that, that slipped down. He might be able to pick him up a little bit later than than he would have obviously if he stayed in Colorado. But uh yeah, he he could he could definitely have a good year and it'd be a really sneaky little fantasy pickup. I I, I feel you there. Yeah, for sure. Not only him, uh, but I see some huge value and upside with Jaden Schwartz, too. Yeah. Uh, especially with where he's ranked. Uh, looking at some of these boards and seeing him around the 175th range for picks, it's, it kind of boggles my mind. 
Um, but maybe people aren't aren't paying enough attention to the Seattle team. And, you know, from what we've seen, obviously, it looks like they're going to bring a lot of offense from that top line. So, yeah, another another really sneaky pick uh, heading into my fantasy draft tomorrow night. So <laughs> best point, of luck. The, yeah, The point's got to come from somewhere. You see the same thing with Carlson and Marcia. So how low they would have been ranked that year. These this Seattle team looks like they're going to compete, hopefully, for, for a wildcard spot. And the the points are going to come from somewhere. And right now, a rejuvenated Schwartz is something I've stressed so so much. It looks like a lot of that load is going to fall onto him. And I think he's up for it. All right. And as we're on the topic of drafts, hockey is back at DraftKings Sportsbook and has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any hockey game and win $100 and free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prices, prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down just $1 on any hockey game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, welcome back to Keeping Up with the Kraken's podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about some Pacific Division predictions just to kind of wrap things up here. Um, so, Josh, what is your predictions going into this season for the Pacific Division? Do you want to go? Do you want to go like one, one, one? Like I'll tell you my first. You tell me your first. Going back a little back and forth like that. I like it. it yeah, if so, I'm going to say Golden Knights. Golden Knights to take uh, take first in the Pacific. What about you? I'm going to go maybe a little bit off the board, but I'm going to go with Edmonton here uh, for first in the division. And the reason why, yeah, maybe I'm picking them. Um, You know, Vegas is a solid team. They've won two of the last three years, been to the conference final the last couple of seasons as well. But I think a lot of people are sleeping on Edmonton this year. Um, You know, they're going to have a really good lineup. And how can you not doubt two guys like Dreisaitl and McDavid? Um, and I think they added a lot of good depth to the lineup that they've been missing in the past. The biggest question mark is going to be their goaltending. So if their goaltending can be solid and perform, then I could definitely see them taking first place. Yeah, and and I mean, I actually put the Oilers second. Uh, I put Vegas first because I just think consistency-wise, I mean, you very rarely see the, the top teams topping the, the divisions or the conference usually going far in the playoffs. I don't know. It's one of those one of those curses. But I do think that consistent teams provide consistent performances. That's why I put Vegas up there. And uh, be a little iffy without Flurry, but I still think they got enough there to do it. Oilers, like I said, only reason I'm putting them second is because I think they're going to run into to, to spurts in the season where they are going to be inconsistent. And uh, I, I do think um, Hyman's a huge pickup for Oilers. I absolutely love that. It's a perfect signing, I think, to to really give them that that little gritty bit of a, a skilled player to play alongside some of the big guns. And uh, for that reason, I do think they're going to have a good season. I'm going to put them second. Yeah, and, and how can you not go with Vegas? They, they really are the consens- consensus to take that top spot. And you made some great points about Edmonton too. I think the addition of Hyman is going to be huge, uh, especially for McDavid's line. Everybody questions, you know, who's going to be McDavid's line mates. And I think it's pretty 
pretty clear who they're going to be this year between Hyman and, and Pulley RV. So, um, yeah, big things for those both teams or for those both teams here. So moving on to the third, um, I'm going to start first. And I have your Seattle Kraken, baby, taking third spot in the division this year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the reason why I have them is because I just think, you know, looking at the other teams in, in this division, uh, obviously it's a weak, probably the weakest division uh, in hockey this year in the NHL. I think that's a consensus as well. Um, and they're, they just, looking at this team, they're just completely solid. Great goaltending, one of the best duos around the league. Um, their, their defense has great depth. They don't have any studs up front, but like we talked about, the offense has just got so much depth on all the lines. And looking at the other teams, I just find it hard for them to compete with what uh, Seattle's bringing to the table. Yeah, and it's a good pick, and it's it's, it's really tricky doing this Pacific Division because in my eyes, like again, it is the weakest, and that's why I think the Kraken have a legitimate chance at making the playoffs because, like, arguably, after watching them so much, I mean, I know I'm not watching a fully strength Vancouver side, uh, Calgary. I think is gonna be iffy as as are the California teams. So, I mean, with it, yeah, just to be a little bit different, uh, I, I'm gonna say Vancouver. I do think Vancouver has added a lot of pieces to their team. Uh, I haven't personally watched them at full strength in this preseason. The games I've seen them play, they've had sort of a B-ish squad. But I think I've liked a lot of a lot of their pickups. Ekman Larson going there, and I, I think this is an opportunity for them to take a big step and aim for that third, fourth spot in in this division. And, and honestly, third should be the goal for them. Yeah, and I could I could really see that too. I think it's going to be pretty close between Seattle and Vancouver, who kind of takes that third spot, and then I would obviously give the other team the fourth spot. Um, so moving in, who do you have at uh, number five in this division, Josh? Yeah. So yeah, I did have Kraken at four, but like 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 we said, we did. Oh yeah, we, we did. Uh, and I could easily put them there. I just want to be a little conservative, so I'm, I put them at that four. They could still make the playoffs, um, and I think that they're going to be gunning for it. But uh, but in that fifth place spot, I put the Flames. Uh, I'm I'm not confident with that pick, but I'm not confident with any of the teams from five to to eight. So. I just, I mean, they're one of those wild cards. Maybe they could surprise you for fourth. Maybe they could surprise you at eighth. I, I, I don't know. But for, for me, I, I think that there is a lot there. Uh, Goudreau is obviously just a phenomenal player. I really enjoy watching him. And uh, yeah, I guess I'm just, I just don't, I just rate them a little bit higher than the California teams. That's why I got them in fifth. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, I actually have LA being the fifth team. Um, I think they made some good moves and they have a lot of young guys coming up who I think are ready to break out and start performing for this team. But again, it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, from five to eight, um, who knows where things are going to land. I just, I think it's a consensus of, of the teams that are in five to eight. But again, uh, it's one of those things where I think LA uh, they're going to have a bit of a bounce back. I think they're going to be the best performing California team this year. And that's my prediction. And I agree with you. That's why I got them uh, sitting there at sixth. I think they did add a lot of pieces. I think they're going to have two strong goalies that could do, do a decent little uh, little duo this year. They could be in the Eichel sweepstakes. Who knows? I mean, I think any of the California teams really could. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with them. I got yeah, them yeah. sixth. I got them sixth with, uh, I mean, who knows? Anaheim, I guess. We're going to put the Ducks in seventh. <laughs> just don't so, just don't i don't know i don't have a lot of faith in the sharks or the ducks which obviously means for me the sharks are dead last so uh, yeah i just i don't think i don't see them having good years there's a lot of issues with the with the sharks both on and off the ice with some of their players uh 
I think they're just they're going to have a tough season. So I have them in, in last with Anaheim rounding out with the, the seventh in there. Perfect. Yeah. And I, like we did a bit of a swap before. So a same thing. I have Calgary in my sixth spot. Um, and then once again, it's Anaheim seventh for me. And then San Jose eighth for me. Um, I do think Anaheim can maybe bring a bit more of that offense. And I just don't like San Jose for some reason this year. <laughs> and I really do see Hurdle possibly being traded at some point this year. But like you said, uh, some of these teams could be in the hunt for Jack Eichel, and that could really stir things up as well in this division. So keep that in mind. Uh, the Jack Eichel watch has been on for months now. You know, recent reports suggest that there is something being worked out, but at this point it just seems like, <laughs> you know, who knows when that'll get figured out, eh, Josh? Absolutely, man. All right, perfect. Thank you, everybody, for joining on today's episode. Uh, we will be back next week uh, and breaking down some more Seattle Kraken news and especially that game one of the season. So thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon.